Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. ¿Cómo están? Dame un grito, se llama Jesús esta noche. All right, some of you guys understood that. If you need an English translator headphone, raise your hand. Tonight's going to be all in Spanish. <laughs> we're excited to be here with you tonight. We came up a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we've just been speaking at some different churches, visiting family a little bit, and picking up some supplies and different things that we need for Arbol de Vida. And, uh, but <clears throat> I have a time limit, so I have to talk really fast. So, but uh, we have some exciting things happening this year and, and some big plans in the works uh, I talked a little bit about that uh, when, I, when we came up over the holidays. Uh, you know, we have, a, we have a vision to build a community center and, and an orphanage. And so we believe that this year will be kind of the year that we'll have those, uh, we'll, we'll begin the process of that, uh, of that part of the vision. And uh, we've got land that's going to be donated to us to do those things. So, um, you know, I'll, hopefully uh, when we're back up uh, at the end of the summer, I'll be able to share some specific details about what we're doing. And, and how that is progressing. But one thing we're really excited about, and I mentioned this when I was up the last time, is that there's a, there's a new church that we're planting, or that we have planted, in the city of Jerequero, which is about three hours from us. And it's a church that, that was donated to us, if you can believe that. A, Korean, uh, a Korean-American missionary uh, donated this church. And it was a building and and, and uh, just the whole, the whole thing, land, building, everything was donated. It's all paid for, and it just needs somebody to come and take it over. So we felt that it's something that we wanted to do. And actually, I have a video I want to show you, and it's nothing fancy. I just kind of threw some clips together just so you could get an idea of what it looks like and what you're going to see actually this summer, those of you that come. But if you can just direct your attention to the screen. Here's one of the, man, just check out this view. And it's absolutely breathtaking. So, and as I said, we are on top of a mountain. So I'm gonna let you take a look at this. And then we're gonna walk around the, the building, just kinda give you an idea of uh, how everything looks and where we're at. God's given us, given us this piece of property, and uh, we're just praying right now and trying to figure out what, what we need to do, what God wants us to do here, but there's just a lot of possibilities, a lot of potential. Um, I honestly can see us uh, maybe building a missions training center here uh, for young people with dormitories. Uh, this property actually goes way back to the corner, and I would say that this prop- property is probably, um, probably about an acre, so it's actually a really good-sized property. Uh, the church building is is built for the most part. I mean, there's little fine details, but when you're out in the in the mountain and this kind of thing, this is kind of the norm uh, that you have for building. So we're just blessed. Uh, everything was transferred uh, over to our ministry, and so we just believe God's going to do something amazing here with the people here. And uh, here we are. You can kind of get a look at what's going on. Uh, the missionary, as I said, she uh, she's a, a Korean lady. A Korean American, she's 62, 
she, she's single, came out here by herself two years ago, and she planted this work, and she feels God's calling her to something, uh, to plant another work in Mexico. So uh, she was looking for somebody to take this over that she can trust. And as I said, she contacted Rayma, and Rayma in turn contacted me. I'm kind of the closest one in the, in the vicinity. And uh, so we felt like we had to do something. And so, man, we just take this big, we're taking this big step of faith to get something going here. And uh, we'll be here every month. And I don't know how often just yet, but we're still working on building a team that could come out here and kind of evangelize and work this area. <clears throat> so we're excited. We're really excited. <laughs> a lot of work. And you know, like I said, I don't know exactly everything we're going to be doing with it. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, we had this opportunity and just God just really impressed it upon my heart. I just couldn't let this thing go. <clears throat> so there was a, there, the, the lady there was, uh, had a guy that was working with her that, wasn't, that really wasn't very honest. And so uh, she had put everything under his name. Um, and uh, he's not a pastor or anything, just somebody that she met and wanted to buy the land, but she couldn't buy it under her name. So it just, it, it, I, I just couldn't let this thing go. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know if this guy was going to sell it, and I just really felt like God put in our heart to take it, and we, we have to do something with it. So a lot of work, and I don't know exactly what we're going to do with it all. I just know that we're going to be there every month evangelizing, uh, reaching people for Christ, um, and there's just a lot of opportunity there. And, and really, I, I just, I just want to make myself available for whatever God wants to do. You know, there's a need there, and I, I can't sit by and ignore it, right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that how we should be? And so I think sometimes we can find ourselves in this, in this rut of complacency sometimes if we're not careful, and, because things get comfortable. We get comfortable. I mean, and before you know it, you turn into a consumer and not a contributor, you know? Yeah, just give me, give me, give me, feed me, feed me, feed me. You know, what can you do for me, church? What can you do? And, and we just don't do anything for God unless it's convenient. And it's so easy to be that way. And so I just finished up this series in my church called, called dangerous, uh, dangerous Prayers. And we talked about three dangerous prayers that if you pray them, if you pray them, watch out because they have the potential to just radically alter and change your life. And, and I love that. And so tonight I want to talk about my favorite one, my favorite dangerous prayer. And I call it a prayer of availability. And if you ask my opinion... Uh, most people I know, most people's prayers, they're just way too safe. I mean, if you think about it, what do we often pray for? I mean, God bless us. That's a safe prayer. God help us. Well, that's a safe prayer. God protects, uh, protect us as we travel. Well, that's a safe prayer, right? I mean, and most of the time what people want prayers for are things that directly impact them or those that they love because we pray all the time. You know, God, would you do this for me? God, would you heal my grandma? Would you help me get into this school? Would you help me find a job? Would you help me do this? Would you help me as I do this? And Right? I mean, and, and you know, we, it's okay to pray those prayers, but instead of just praying, God, would you do this for me? I think a dangerous way to pray is, God, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Not just God, hey, bless me and do this, keep me safe, but God, I, I, I'm your servant and I want to be available for whatever you want to call me to do, whatever, wherever, whenever. I don't even need to know the details. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, and that's what I call a prayer of availability, uh, just a really dangerous prayer. And let me just warn you, when you pray this prayer, uh, God could direct you in a lot of different ways. I mean, he may lead you to go into a different city. He may reveal a, a calling in your life that you never expected before. He, he, he may lead you to stay somewhere where you were convinced that, oh, I'm supposed to go somewhere else, but, but he wants you there. 
He may move you to break up with somebody because he wants to give you an upgrade. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, if you're married, obviously, you know, you're not getting a new model. You just, God's just going to have to upgrade the one you have. So I'm sorry. So some of you go, oh, man. But he might lead you to a different job. He might call you to serve somewhere. He might change you from being a cat person to a dog person. <laughs> we all know cats are from the devil. <laughs> no. All right, now, okay. Sorry, don't send me any emails. If you want to send me an email, you can send it to Jeff at I don't like cats.com. So, but I don't know what it could be for you. But when you make yourself available to God, it's, it's an incredibly dangerous prayer. And, and throughout the scripture, if you read from the Old Testament through the new, through, throughout the New Testament, you're going to see that God, God calls people. And what does that mean? I mean, it doesn't mean that your phone rings and hey, it's God. But what he does is it means that he speaks to people. He, he prompts them. He moves them. He leads them to, to say something, to do something, to go somewhere, to encourage someone. And God will call those who know him to do something that he wants done. I mean, that's just how it works. And obviously, there are many, many different responses to God's call. And honestly, sometimes people don't have the best response. I mean, sometimes we just don't respond very well when God's calling <laughs> And in fact, the Bible shows us three different responses that I believe describe how most people respond today. Three responses to God's call. And the first one, if you're taking notes, is this. It it was Jonah. Jonah responded to God's call this way. He said, here I am. I'm not going. And, you know, some some of you can relate. It's, here I am, God. Here I am. I'm not not going. I'm I'm here to serve you. I'm here to fight. I'm not going. And we see that in Jonah chapter one, verses one through three. And here's what the word says. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. And so that's, that's God's man right there. I mean, God's prophet, his spokesman, his faithful servant. But what did Jonah do? I mean, look, look in verse three. But Jonah ran away. He ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Right? I mean, he ran away from the Lord. He said, here I am, God. It's, it's me, your servant, your prophet. I'm your special guy. I'm, I'm your man. Uh, where? Wait, where? I, I'm not going. <laughs> and so I wonder how many of you have had a similar experience. I mean, you felt prompted to do something and, and hey, I'm supposed to reach out to this person. I'm supposed to say something. I'm supposed to help this person. I, I just know it. Here I am, God. Nah, nah, you know what? Not today. <laughs> not today. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. In fact, I mean, I'm embarrassed to even share this, but I, I still feel guilty about the time that I felt prompted to do something and I didn't. And I was going home one day after a long day at work and I was tired, and I just wanted to get home, and I'm driving down the highway, and it was part of the highway where there really wasn't anything on the side of the road. There wasn't, you know, no houses, no stores, uh, nothing, and there was a lady that, she was probably, I don't know, 75, 70, 80 years old, I don't know. She was standing on the side of the road, no vehicle. She was standing there, and nobody else was with her, and she was alone, and, and I thought, man, I, I'm supposed to stop. I, I don't know if that was God prompting me to stop or, or if it was just you know, human decency or whatever, but I, I thought, I'm supposed to stop. She's right there all alone. I mean, probably somebody's grandmother. Why would, in the world would a woman be standing on the side of the road? And I slowed down and see if there was a reason why she was there, if anybody else was there, and the whole time I'm thinking, I need to stop, I need to stop, and, and, but I didn't. I kept driving. And I thought I needed to stop, and I didn't do it. I just drove all the way home and didn't even stop to say, hey, can I help you? Are you okay? What's going on? So I, I feel bad about that. It's my confession time. <laughs> but I felt prompted to do something, and I, and I didn't do it. And I can guarantee you that all of us, 
or all of you who are followers of Jesus, there, there are those times that God prompts you to do something and you think, man, I, I just, I need to do something. I, I'm gonna do it. I, I should do it. Uh, here I am. I'm right there. I, 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 never mind. <laughs> well, not today. Uh, maybe, maybe another time. And Jonah said, here I am. And say it with me. Here I am. I'm not going. <laughs> the second response many people give when God calls, the second one's Moses. And this is what Moses said. He said, here I am you know what, send someone else. Here I am, send my brother. I mean, this isn't my perfect calling. I, this isn't my specialty. I, I'm not qualified for this job. And, and we see that in Exodus, verse 10 of chapter three. Scripture says this, so now, go, so now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And this is something Moses, I mean, he would have agreed needed to happen, but instead of saying, you know, hey, sh- okay, God, man, I'll go. Moses, said, Moses says this in verse 11. Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? I I'm not good enough. I, I'm not talented enough. I mean, someone else would be better at this than me. I, I'm not a good speaker. Here I, here I am, God. I'm your man. I'll follow you. I give my life to you, God. But, uh, but you know, somebody else would be better. I'm, I'm not the right person. And don't raise your hand, but how many of us give that response? I mean, I'm not going to give. They, they should give. Ah, they're not, they've got more money to give. I, I'm not going to go. I, I, I don't have as much time. I mean, she, look, she's a stay-at-home mom. She doesn't do anything. She's, she's home all day. She's got more time than I do. That was your chance, where all you stay-at-home mom. That was your chance to throw something and, I, I, you know, do something. But I, you're, I know you're all thinking, man, yeah, you, you have no idea. You wouldn't last a day in my house. <laughs> But you know, that's how we think. I mean, that's how we respond. That's our first thought. Well, she can do it. He can do it. Uh, you know, they're better equipped. I, I don't have time. I mean, yeah, God, I love you. I'll follow you. Here I am, your servant, but uh, send somebody else. Jonah says, here I am. I'm not going. Moses said, here I am. Send somebody else. But let's look at the next response. And this is, this is really what we want. This is, this is what we need to do. And Isaiah prays a very dangerous prayer. And this is the prayer that I want us to pray today, tonight. Isaiah chapter six, verse eight says this. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And notice what Isaiah said in a, uh, notice what he said in a prayer response back to God. But, but before I read that, I want you to notice what, what he didn't say. Notice he didn't say, well, where are you sending me? I mean, is the climate nice? Is, what's the cost of living there? I mean, what's the average pay for this area? Are there benefits? How much vacation do I get? Right? He, didn't, he didn't ask for any of that. And what, what he simply did essentially is he signed this blank contract and he says to God, man, here I am, send me. Aquí estoy, envíame me a mí. That's what he's saying. And this is, and I don't need to tell you this, but this is an extremely dangerous prayer. In other words, he's praying, God, I give you my, I give you my mind, I give you my eyes, I give you my mouth, here are my hands, may, may they be used to build your kingdom, here are my feet, God, lead me to, to where you want me to go, help me to do what you want me to do, I'm available, right? I mean, if you need, if you want me to go somewhere, God, I'll go, if you want me to stay, I'll stay, if you want me to say something to somebody, I'll speak, if you want me to be quiet and, and pray, I'll pray, if you, want, if you want me to give something away, if you want me to, to use my time, whatever you need me to do, whatever it is, God, here I am, I'm completely available to you, I'm your servant, here I am, send me. Aquí estoy, envíame a mí. An incredibly dangerous prayer, because when you start praying that, I guarantee you, God's gonna interrupt you. 
God will prompt you, he'll move upon you, and suddenly you'll recognize God has a lot for you to do when you pray, here I am, send me. And how do we get there? I mean, how, how do we prepare our hearts to, to be, to be that, that, that kind of send me person? How do we do that? And, and we looked at Isaiah 6, 8, but I wanna look at the verses that lead up to that surrendered prayer from, from Isaiah, and what, what, what do you need to do to become a send me kind of person? How do you prepare your heart for that? And there's three things that I believe help prepare our hearts to be that person. And I know what you're thinking, well, you're a missionary. I mean, that's a missionary prayer. I mean, it's a missionary message. No, it's not, it's for, it's for all of us. It's not a missionary prayer, it's not a missionary message. I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason that, that we see this in the scripture, and this is to challenge us and to, 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 to provoke us to pray this dangerous prayer because it'll, it'll mess you up. You know what I'm saying? Are you guys here tonight? <laughs> so how do you be this send me kind of person? First thing, first thing you need to understand, you need, an, you need a genuine experience with the presence of God. An experience that just, man, it just, ugh, it grabs you. It, it just, it, it, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It just gets you. It hits you. And with Isaiah, with Isaiah, there were three things that happened to him to cause him to say, Lord, here I am, send me. And, and, and three things that led him to pray this dangerous prayer. And the first thing he needed was a genuine experience with the presence of God. And verse one says this in Isaiah six. In the year that King Uzziah died, Uzziah, I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on, seated on a throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on a throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. What happened? I mean, what's going on here in this moment? Isaiah had this moment, this experience in the presence of God. He was face to face with God's presence. He saw him in in all of his majesty and all of his glory, and the scripture goes on to talk about these angelic beings that were named uh, seraphim, and all these angelic beings were were worshiping and praising the living God. They were were crying out to God, and look what it says in verse two. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings, with two wings covered their face, with two covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. I mean, can you imagine this experience? Can you imagine being so caught up in God's presence that you actually witness his glory and his majesty? I mean, when Isaiah saw the presence of God, when he experienced the glory of God in this moment, it just, it completely transformed who he was. This was, this was a life-altering moment for him, being in God's presence. Why is it that you might not be, be very, very available to God? I mean, why, why is it we're not available to God sometimes? And perhaps it's because you haven't experienced the presence of God. And I'm not saying that you have to see angels flying around and singing, but... But there are those moments that you experience when you press into God's presence that change you forever. They alter the course of your life and it hits you like, like never before. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's different for everybody. My experience is gonna be different than yours. And, and you know, over a span of, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years, a lot of times we get to those places in life where we're like, man, can I, really, can I keep doing this? Have you ever felt that with what you're doing in life? I mean, can I, can I keep doing it? I remember it was for... For me, it was several years ago, and I was, one, I was in one of those seasons, and you know, I've worked with my family for most of my life in ministry, my mom, my, my dad, my brother, and I was at that, I was at that place, you know, can I really keep doing this? I, I just felt like I was, I was kind of surviving, living the same, same routine, the same thing in life, in ministry, I was comfortable, and, but I just felt like I was hitting this ceiling. Do you ever feel like that? It's just me. You know what I'm saying? 
And so I was the missions guy for a few years here at Tree, and, and we would go, we'd take teams to Mexico four or five times a year, and we'd always go to the mountains uh, of the Huasteca, and we would work with the indigenous. And so I, I just was kind of in this rut, and, and I felt like I was just hitting the ceiling in, life, in my life and ministry, and it was, time to, it was time to take another team to Mexico, another trip. And I remember one morning, we were in Tamasunchale, one of my favorite places in Mexico to go. We were on top of a mountain working with some indigenous, man. And, and while the team was working, I, I, I decided I just needed to get away. I needed to get alone with God. And I found this place, this, the edge of this cliff, way, way back in the woods, kind of a jungle area. And I, and I climbed up, perfect view, look, looking down over the valley. And, and I just started pouring my heart out to God. I mean, crying out to God. I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't want to feel so complacent, so routine with my life. I, and and I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. I just kind of felt like I'd lost this life and vision in my heart, and I I couldn't stand it. I I couldn't stand being that way. You know what I'm saying? So I'm crying out, I'm crying out to God, and I started started to really sense his presence. And I remember feeling broken in that moment. I I couldn't move, I couldn't stand, and I (laughs) I was sobbing before God. And it was the most, honestly, the most profound moving experience in my life. I I didn't want to leave. I just felt like everything in me was, was poured out. And I felt empty, you know, not in a bad way, but, but, and as empty as I was in that moment, it was like every time I would breathe in, I, I could just sense the very real presence of God, presence of the Spirit of God filling me, renewing me, strengthening me, comforting me, loving me, equipping me, and, and it was just real. You ever had that experience? Maybe not, I don't know. And, and you know, I don't know how long I was there. I was there for several hours, just to experience the presence of God. I, I didn't wanna leave. But that whole experience, the presence of God, brought me to a deeper place of just submission for me. You know, God, I've just been with you. I'm your servant. Anything you want of me, anything, anything, God, I'll do anything for you, wherever, whenever, anything. And maybe that's never happened to you. Maybe you've never had an experience like that. I don't know. But I want to tell you right now that God wants to reveal himself to you. You believe that? God wants to reveal himself. In fact, scripture teaches that when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. I mean, you don't have to go in the middle of the woods uh, up on top of a mountain to have that happen. I mean, you don't. You, you could literally be driving in your car with a worship song on and suddenly you can just sense, ah, man, the presence of God is with me. It could be when you're praying a good night prayer with your four-year-old and you suddenly, you suddenly realize, man, God's with us in this room. When you draw near to God, he draws near to you. I love what the Amplified Bible says in James 4.8. It says this, come close to God with a contrite heart and he will come close to you. Man, we're talking about the presence of God, a genuine experience in the presence of God. And I prayed that prayer, and I prayed what Isaiah did. I, anything, God, wherever, whenever, whatever, here I am, send me. And when I did that, man, I, one thing it did for me, I knew it was time to go to Mexico. I mean, it was that time. And just God confirmed that in my heart. And you know, it's not, this isn't just a missionary experience. And, why is it that maybe you're not as available to God as you should be? Maybe it's because you haven't been seeking God. Maybe, maybe because when you experience his presence, you can't, you can't not be transformed, right? I mean, what do you need to, to prepare your heart to be the send me kind of person? You need a genuine, genuine experience of God, uh, genuine experience with the presence of God. And the second thing you need is you need a genuine awareness of your sinfulness. And here's the problem with our culture today. I mean, this is what we believe. Ah, I'm a good person, you're a good person. I mean, we're good people, I'm a good person. But let me tell you, without Christ, you're, you're not a good person. I mean, you're a horrible, pathetic, evil sinner in the eyes of God. 
Welcome to Tree of Life, where I'm here to make you feel better about yourself. <laughs> but, but you know, but that, that's our sin nature. I mean, you're, you're wicked, I'm wicked, we're evil, we're, sin, we're despicable in the eyes of God. But thankfully, through, through Christ, that's not the case. And so, but check this out. It was when Isaiah saw the goodness of God that he realized how bad he truly was. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to depress you and make you feel like a loser. I'm just describing our sin nature in the eyes of God. Compared to God's goodness, that's who we are with our sin nature. But Isaiah saw how holy God was. And in that moment, he recognized his own unrighteousness. And it was this genuine awareness of who he really was. And he realized, man, God, I need you. Right? Did you, have you ever had that moment when you just really, you recognize the, 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 the sinfulness, the unrighteous person that you were and the need for God and how, how you, just can't, you just can't do it without him? Does that make sense? I mean, you recognize that, oh my gosh, man, my lie. I mean, who am I? I, I need God. And so in verse five, Isaiah six, five and seven, he, look what he says. He comes to that moment. Woe to me, I cry. I'm ruined, he says. I'm done. I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, pathetic. I'm a sinner. I have nothing to offer. He's holy. I'm not. He's righteous. I'm not. He's full of glory. I'm full of sin. And he goes on to say, for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. That was his moment. He said, what does it take to get to a place where you're fully surrendered? Here I am, God, where you can say, here I am, God, send me. I'm yours, send me. It takes a genuine experience with the presence of God. It takes a genuine awareness of your sinfulness. And number three, you need a genuine understanding of God's grace. I'm talking about how do you prepare your heart to be the send me kind of person? And when you understand just how amazing his grace is, it, it brings you to a point of complete surrender, it should, his grace overwhelms you and it brings you freedom. And once you experience and understand his grace, you're, you're over, I don't know about you, but man, you're overwhelmed with joy, with freedom. You can't live without it. I mean, you have to have it. And that's when your whole attitude changes, your whole perspective on life. Oh God, I need you. Here I am, send me. Do what you want with me, right? Verse six says this, then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, and with it he touched my mouth, and this is amazing news, and this is the grace that we're talking about. He said, see, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. What happened? And he saw the presence of God, he recognized, man, I'm ruined, I'm a man of unclean lips, but with one touch from the goodness of God, his sins were forgiven and completely atoned for. And think about that for a minute. I mean, seriously, think about that. Your, your lying lips, forgiven. Your lustful attitudes, forgiven. Your self-centered thoughts, forgiven. Your outbursts of anger, forgiven. Every secret sin you've ever, never told anybody before, but God knows them all, forgiven. As if they never happened. I mean, God separates your sin as far as the east is from the west. He, he doesn't remember your sins anymore. And when you confess your sins to God, I mean, we know the scriptures say faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so you can get a little excited right now if you want to. Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. But when you understand the grace of God, I mean, it transforms every, everything. It, it, the same way that the, the, that the piece of coal touched Isaiah's lips and removed his sin, the blood of Jesus takes away our sins. I mean, that's awesome. That's amazing. And when we recognize that there is absolutely nothing that we could possibly bring to God that's enough to change us or enough to cleanse us or redeem us, I mean, there's nothing that, there's nothing we bring to the table. 
but Jesus brings everything. We don't bring anything, but Jesus brings everything. And when we sense God's presence, when we're aware of our own sinfulness, and then we experience the unmatched, undeserved grace of God through Christ, our only reasonable response, the only thing that we could possibly say is, here I am, God, send me. It's not my life, it's not my desires, God, anything, God, anything for you. And that is, without a doubt, one of the most dangerous prayers you can pray. God, I'm all yours, anywhere, anytime, anything. And this is the kind of prayer you pray because you feel, this, this isn't the kind of prayer that you pray because you feel obligated. Like you owe God something because you say to your friend, oh gosh, I have to pray this prayer because Jesus died for my sins. It's not one of those kinds of prayers. This is the kind of prayer where you're like, I get to do this. This is a privilege, this is an honor. I get to do this. I don't have to do this, but I get to do this. I get to serve him. Does that make sense? I get to wake up and enjoy the, the day that God has made. And he's, he's given me gifts, he's put me at this time in history because at this very moment, I can, bring, I can bring glory to him. He's gonna bring people across my path today that need encouragement because I have encouragement from the Lord inside of me. He's gonna bring people across my path that have needs and he's given exactly what they need. He's given me exactly what they need and if I just have the courage to just release it and trust God to use it, he can use me to meet some needs. Right? This isn't a, oh, oh I, have to, I have to serve God. This is, no, this is, I get to serve God because he served me. He served and loved me through Jesus. I get to give everything that I have to him. I get to do that. It's not like a one-time decision, you know? Like, oh, you know, one day, when I remember back in 2002, I prayed, the, I prayed that prayer. I did something special for God that day. That was a great memory. I remember, I remember it like yesterday. No, it's not a one-time decision. It's a daily, daily decision. It's, it, does that make sense? I mean, the reason it's daily is because if you've been born in, the, in God's family, in other words, if you've called on Jesus and been transformed, here's what happened. Your spirit came to life. Amen? Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Let me share this story, this last story with you. This is what I love, just about this whole attitude and how, how this prayer is just such a dangerous prayer and it, it just, ah, and it changes us. I, I just, man, I just wanna encourage you guys to really pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. And not just, you know, not just praying it just to pray it, but really pray that prayer. And here's a great story, I love this story. There was a small church and they only had one door to enter and exit. One of those churches that just, you know, had the one door. You go in and you go out that same door. And so uh, uh, the pastor, he stood at the door every Sunday after service to greet people, to shake hands. And so one day this guy walked by. Uh, there's a line, you know, waiting to shake the pastor's hand. And, and uh, so he comes through the line and he says, man, great sermon, pastor. He was real emotional, real excited. And he said, pastor, I want you to know that my life's been transformed. The, and, and pastor, the answer is Yes. Now, what's the question, pastor? Pastor's like, what? <laughs> okay, God bless you, thank you, next. And so he finished greeting everyone else, but the whole time he was thinking, what, well, that, was, that was weird. What did he mean by that? So the next week the pastor preached again and, and the same guy comes up and says, pastor, oh my gosh, God is so good, God is amazing, I just want you to know the answer is yes. Now, what's the question, pastor? Pastor's like, man, I don't, I don't know, I'll get back to you on that, <laughs> have a great week. 
The third week comes by and the same guy gets up and he walks up to the pastor like, oh my gosh, I just can't believe that I get to be here. Pastor, the answer is yes. Now what's the question, pastor? And the line's long and the pastor's like, you know, I'll tell you what, can we get together for coffee this week and we'll talk about that question. And he, he was curious. He couldn't figure out what the guy was trying to say every week. What's the question? What does that mean? What does that mean? Yes? So they meet for coffee and the pastor asks him, what do you mean by the answer is yes and what's the question? And the guy just really got emotional, really excited. And he said, Pastor, what you need to understand is that my life was a mess. He started telling him his life story. He was, he was an addict. He was, uh, neglected his kids, his wife. Uh, his kids were in really bad shape. And he, and he said, I came to church one week and you preached this message. And when you did, it's like God just opened up my eyes and I saw it. I called on Jesus and, and I'm a new person now. Everything's different. Everything's different. Nothing's the same. Ask, ask my wife, she'll tell you. Ask my kids, they'll tell you. Ask everybody. I'm a different person because of Jesus. He says, Pastor, what I need you to understand is this. The answer is yes. Whatever you need. I don't care if it's two in the morning, if you want me to mow the yard, uh, go visit somebody, pray for something, give to whatever. Pastor, God has so transformed my life. I'm all in 100% and the answer is yes. Now what's the question? Because if you ask me, I, I, if I can do this or if I can do that, if I'll do this, if I'll do that, if you ask me if I can do it, my answer is yes, absolutely. I'm available anywhere and all the time. I love that. I love that. How do you get to that place where you have the courage to pray this dangerous prayer? God, I, I, don't, I don't need to know the details, God. All I need to know is that you're calling me. If you're calling me, the answer is yes. I don't even have to know what it is. My answer is yes. Right? And of course, God's always calling us. How do you get there? How do you get to that place? What well, you experience, you, you truly experience the presence of God. You truly recognize your own sinfulness. You truly experience the grace and the forgiveness of, of Jesus. And when that happens, you don't just try to do it. You don't feel obligated to do it. You get to give your whole, you get to give your whole life to God. And you have the privilege and honor of giving your whole life to him. Some people will say, God, here I am. I'm not going. Some people will say, here I am. Send somebody else. But I believe that tonight you're going to pray, here I am. Send me. Amen. So can we stand? Can you stand? Okay. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. Just close your eyes, bow your heads. Father, we pray today that for many people tonight that they would truly, truly, honestly experience you in such a way that their lives are different. God, just like you were real to me on that mountain in Tamasunchale, I pray that you'd be real to some people, even right now, even right now. God, I pray that we'd become aware of, of, of our sinfulness, not, but not, not in a shameful and guilty way, but, but, it, that, would, but it, that it would drive us to completely depend on you and understand that, that we need you so we could experience your love and your grace through Jesus. And God, when we've been changed like that, I pray that we would have the courage to pray the same type of dangerous prayer, here I am, send me. I thank you, God, in advance for all the ways that you're going to speak. And I pray that, God, when you tell us to stop and help someone on the side of the road that will be obedient to you, that will be faithful in the small things. And, God, that you will trust us in the big things. Here we are, God, your church, ready to love the world, ready to serve, serve in the church as the, as the church, to show the love of Jesus. And here we are, God, send us. When we've been changed like that, I pray that we'd have the courage to pray, 
that prayer. Hallelujah. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.